Welcome to Episode 9 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen share helpful information on getting organized, one of the key lessons from executive functioning. Their experience and practical advice will lead you through examples like completing homework from start to finish, and maintaining systems for tracking important items, including calendars and checklists. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome back for our ninth episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Oh my gosh, already nine episodes. I can't believe it. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson. I'm a BCBA, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hey there, Angie. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How about you? It's going okay. I think since we last did our podcast, um, big news, my kids are somewhat back in school. They are on remote, no, hybrid as they call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. hybrid. So every day they go from 1230 in the afternoon to three o'clock and then they do all their asynchronous work that I have to try to somehow oversee and work at the same time. Um, (laughs) So it's going um, okay, you know, different struggles. Now we have to pick them up again and drop them off and do all that stuff. But uh, at least they're in the classroom. They're actually seeing people, you know, Mm -hmm. masks and social distancing, but it's, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so my, I, I guess I got a little lucky. So my son goes to preschool, as you know, and as you all know. Um, but a funny story on that before we dive in today. So I, a few episodes ago, I was talking about how Parker sneezed in his masks. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> funny story. Uh, it was last week, he he has really bad allergies. And so mm-hmm. we have, our weather's been up and down here. And so I got a call from the school and I had a 30 minute gap in the day and I got a call from the school that said, Hey, so Parker sneezed through all of his masks. Is there any way you could just come get him? So I I got him and he's just like, I just, I can't get, I can't get the mask off fast enough. So (laughs) I thought that was, I was like, here we go again. So I'm just waiting for allergy season to be over and then, (laughs) yeah, then we can move on. But, um, yeah, it's the the environment we're in right now. I guess he's uh, yeah. to school. So you know, it's interesting though. It's like you you would want them to keep their mask on, mm-hmm. right? So you can contain the sneeze and all the <laughs> the stuff. But then it makes for a little kid. It makes it. I mean, for adults, I don't know. I'll, I can like hold in a sneeze if I need to. But like right. you know, little kids, you can't do that. And you don't want to teach them to do that. So that's a tough one. Like, what what do you do with your sneeze? You know, right. well, I was I was saying the same thing to my husband. I was like, for us, if I had a mask on, I knew a sneeze was coming. I could remove the mask real quick and then put a tissue or my elbow yeah, or elbow. something. And for him, it's just kind of like he's four, so he's just like, I'm sneezing. I've sneezed. You know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna no- sneeze. I'm sneezing. I sneeze. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's no there's no warning for them. So. Yeah, it's been quite interesting. So I have like 15 masks in his backpack. Yeah. And I'm just like, just, you know, just go through them. <laughs> so good so organization good today. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's good yeah, organization. organization. Yeah. All right. Good segue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So nice segue into our topic today. So I'm really excited about our next two episodes, actually. So we are going to be talking about some really important skills that relate to executive function. So For those of you who don't know what executive function is, I won't get too technical, but I'll give you a little bit about it. So it's a set of mental skills that include working memory, flexible thinking, and self-control. So we use these skills all the time. We use them to learn, work, and manage our lives. I actually did, we won't do a deep dive now, but I did a deep dive last month, which is why we didn't have a podcast on this exact topic. So if you're a Rethink participant and you want to listen to the webinar that I hosted on this topic, you can certainly check that out. We talked a lot about, we broke down those skills and then we gave some strategies to teach those skills to your child. So that's live on the site if you want to check that out. 
So for this episode, though, we are going to be talking specifically about organization. And by definition, it means it's the ability to establish and maintain systems for arranging or keeping track of those really important items. So if you think about it, organization is really important and most things start with organization. So if you are planning, let's say, a holiday dinner party, you might need to organize yourself. Okay, what am I making? What is my grocery list? We organize ourselves all the time with things like that. Or if there's like a big project you have for for work, you're going to organize yourself. How am I going to get this done? So for our little ones, uh, or our kids, I should say, things like being able to find their belongings. Can they locate their backpack, their shoes, their cell phone? (laughs) Really important. Um, Can they put their things away? Can they clean up their toys? For our middle schoolers and high schoolers, can are they doing their homework from start to finish? Are they doing it and also turning it in, which is a big mm-hmm. one? And then, of course, are they able to use checklists and calendars and to-do lists to really get things done? So a lot of these skills come naturally to us by now. Um, I will say maybe some more than others, Angie. <laughs> You're our uh, executive functioning uh, queen, as we call you. <laughs> Um, so I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) She keeps us on track, (laughs) but for our, our kids, we really have to teach them those skills. It's not just going to come naturally. So, uh, we have to make sure that we're teaching them all of the skills for organization. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. And last but not least, if your child has a hard time staying focused or completing those tasks, Stay tuned for our next episode because next month we're going to be diving a little deeper into that. So we're going to be talking about staying on task and paying attention. So two great episodes coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So important. I think probably some of the most uh, talked about topics that we Mm -hmm. hear from parents, especially right now during the COVID time, but really all the time, right? These are Mm -hmm. just kind of evergreen topics essentially. And Kristen and I kind of nerd out on these topics because <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I love talking about it. And, you, you know, I think you're our resident executive function or executive functioning, whichever you prefer, um, kind of guru, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you host our webinar. You really did a deep dive into that topic. So you're my yes. go-to person for, for all things uh, executive function. Um, <laughs> but as we get in, so let's let's kind of start diving into it. I think we what we have for you today is we've got our groups of age ranges, right? So we've got our pre- preschool, we've got our middle school, sorry, let me start over, preschool or elementary. We've got our middle school and we've got our high schoolers and we've got tips and then we've got tips for supervising and maintaining, right? So we're going to dive into that. I think one of the things that's important and Kristen and I, you and, ta- you and I talked about this last, uh, the last time we spoke is there's really two main points when you need to get your kid organized, kind of two things to think about. One of them is to put a system in place and the other one is mm-hmm. to supervise that system, yeah. right? And that's sometimes that so second important. one falls off or just gets um, missed somehow. I think we talk to parents mm-hmm. a lot of times where they'll say, yeah, well, I did the folders and we have little trays for different things, but um, it's not working. And and sometimes we miss some of those uh, important steps in there. Um, we can't just give a checklist and then walk away, right? Because you can create some great, great systems, but you have to teach your kids to use them and you have to supervise and monitor it. And uh, so there's a little bit of uh, kind of a a sneak peek at what we're going to talk about. I will say a lot of what we got for you today came from one of our favorite books, which is called Smart But Scattered. So we have Mm -hmm. to give kudos and credit Mm -hmm. to Dr. Square and Dawson because we love them. We don't know them. Um, them. I want to know them. them. I want to know them. Yeah, never yeah they're them. So great. they are amazing. <laughs> and the the best thing about those books too, because they're smart but scattered, smart but scattered, scattered for teens, is that you don't actually have to read it cover to cover, right? You can just mm-hmm. read the little segments that pertain to the executive function topic that is piquing your interest or is of um, of need for for you and your family. So, anyways, um, shout out to Doctors Square and Dawson. Um, you don't love us, but or you don't know us, but we love you and we're big fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they have an adult one too. So if you're oh. listening to this and you're thinking, hmm, 
I might need some of these. I need to kind of <laughs> do a so deep funny. dive into my own executive function. Um, they have, they've got a couple new books now. So they definitely yeah. were uh, really, really been in the know in this topic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. So before we dive into the examples or, or really getting into preschool and elementary school, earlier I was thinking of an, a, a really great example for you saying, you know, you can't just give a checklist and walk away. Um, I was thinking, well, this is similar to like if someone gave you a model airplane and they gave you no instructions and they said, here, (laughs) build it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it made me think of we actually a couple Christmases ago, someone had suggested a toy for us to get our son, who was two at the time. And it's a little airplane. It's so cute. It has a little screwdriver with it, like a little automatic screwdriver and mm-hmm. um, or a drill I guess it's called a drill right <laughs> so it has a drill <laughs> to go with it anyhow it comes built and it comes with instructions on how to disassemble it and put it back together so one day my son took it apart and completely lost the instructions I have no idea where they went we have never found them and we have had this airplane now in 15 different pieces and we've never put it back together in two years we still have all the pieces <laughs> But we even put it together. And it's a perfect example that if you just give your kid a checklist and you say, here, here's your checklist, just go do it. But you don't teach them how to implement the checklist or you're not supervising. It's probably not going to get done. And so I just thought that was a really good example. Mm -hmm. No, that's perfect. I'm one (laughs) of those parents that would throw away that all those pieces. I know. Like, you're not, you haven't played with it, you know, and we don't have the instructions. It's going in the trash secretly. <laughs> no. Well, my, if my husband had his way, it would definitely have been trashed by now. But I'm like, no, we're going to play with that again. I know we will. <laughs> so, those instructions will turn up sometimes. They are. They're going to turn up. <laughs> oh, all right. So let's dive into our content for today. So first, we're going to start out with preschool and elementary school. So what does organization look like for that age group? So for kids of that age, we're looking for things like, can they hang up their coat or their backpack when they come home from school? Or can they put their shoes away? Where do those belong? Can they put their toys away in the proper spot so they know my balls go here, my, my cars go here? Can they clean those things up? Of course, can they clean up their plate after eating? And then as our kids get a little bit older, are they able to keep track of their homework? So you've completed it. Did you maybe bring it back to school or did you bring that worksheet home? So things like that we're looking for with this age group with organization. So some systems that you can use or you can put in place to really foster these skills First and foremost, probably one of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure it's one of yours, Angie. I love um, this. Labeling things. <laughs> Let's label the bins, label the drawers, either with words or pictures, but letting kids know this is where these things go. Um, one of my favorites, I talked about it on the webinar last month, but one of my favorites is to say, okay, let's take a picture of that clean room. What does your clean room look like? Here's your picture of it. Now, when you tell your child, let's go clean your room, we're giving them a picture of that clean room. So you're giving them an example right there. And you can use Mm -hmm. that and say, this is how you clean your room. I used that Um, the other day, actually, with a family. And it just makes sense. It's like you tell a three-year-old or a four-year-old, go clean your room. What does that mean, really? You know? Exactly. Like, oh, and then you walk in. And I don't know about you, but if I've ever walked into something that's really overwhelming, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. And I might just lay down. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm not even doing it. (laughs) Um, So along with that, I think when we're thinking about our younger ones, we, we... okay, they're probably not going to want to just clean up all the time. I mean, some kids, yes, they do. But for the most part, a lot of kids, you have to kind of nudge them to clean things up. So having a designated cleanup time can be really, really helpful. And of course, maybe placing it strategically in the evening where they're going to have something that's really motivating after. So (laughs) clean up the playroom and you can have your TV time. That's what we do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, And then, of course, writing out a checklist or a routine, using pictures if you need to. So we talked about it earlier, similar to um, what we had just mentioned. You can't just give a checklist to clean your room, but maybe writing out that checklist and saying, "Okay, here are the steps that are involved in cleaning that room. And then, of course, we'll talk about it next. But supervising your child when you say go clean your room, let's go through that checklist together. 
Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorites, I can't remember where I read this, probably in Smart But Scattered, honestly, um, but establish a home base for your things. So where is where is a central location where you can put your backpack? Your, maybe you pack your lunch the night before. If it's nothing perishable, you could put it there for the next day or your homework always goes there or if you have a gym bag or whatever it might be, but we're keeping everything in one central location. So then for the next day, for school, you're all set. You've got everything there. Your child knows where they can find all of those belongings. I know another adult in my family that would, um, <laughs> in my house, <laughs> who needs this, uh, who loses <laughs> cell phones and keys and um, always asks me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Get a home base. I have a home base. <laughs> you know what's really funny about that? I actually, this is going way back, but I had a supervisor at one point and she was saying her husband just lost it, his keys all the time. So they make a little like key fob, like a little clicker that you can put on the back of your key oh, yeah. on the back of your cell phone or your wallet. And she bought those for her husband for Christmas. She was like, you're not losing these things anymore. <laughs> now I can click this button and we can find your wallet. <laughs> so you can save money and not need those exactly. if you have a good organizational system. <laughs> True. <laughs> exactly. A little but man a box. A man yeah. box by the door. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So now we talked a little bit about some systems that we can use. And as we mentioned earlier, and we'll talk about this through all age groups, but it's really, really important to make sure you're supervising and maintaining those skills. So one example I like to give is we give our kids organizational structures, right? We give them a a dresser. We might give them those bins. We give them ways to organize themselves but that doesn't mean that they're going to do it. We have to show them how to be organized. So Mm -hmm. for example, your pants go in this drawer or your shirts go in this drawer or your books go on this shelf. So we can show them how they can keep themselves organized. And the same Mm -hmm. thing with cleaning their room. I mentioned it earlier. So, okay, clean your room. Let's go through it. What does your clean room look like? How can we do that? How do we use this checklist? It kind of almost sounds like what you're saying is, Don't take these things for granted. Don't make assumptions that your kids just know how to do these things. We have to think Mm -hmm. about them from like a developmental standpoint. Clean your room or go put these things away. Like they just may not know or they're they're not doing it the same way you would. So yeah, you have to Mm -hmm. model it. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then last but not least, I think with our little ones and actually probably with all age groups, we might not need to add in some motivation. (laughs) So adding in some sort of reward, maybe a token board for our little ones, you know, we call it a sticker chart or some sort of point system where maybe they're earning points or stickers for cleaning their room or putting away their laundry that day. And then, of course, we can fade that over time as they become more independent. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. That's something that we've used for a long time. <laughs> I've never never seen my kids move so fast. If I tell them that they can watch their show right after they clean, um, mm-hmm. they will definitely get in gear. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, so I think, you know, when we were prepping for this, there are some themes that are kind of woven through all of the grade or all the age ranges. And, and you'll see that going forward, there are going to be some some repeats, some of those really, really important ones, but some that are unique to the specific age group. So we're going to get into middle school now. Woohoo! And whereas before Kristen focused a lot more on toys and home type things, now we're going to talk about school organization a little bit more. So it's a good idea to start again, just like Kristen did, start with how organized is your child, right? So maybe your child is this age. Can they put back things like their sports equipment, right? Where's my baseball mitt? I can't find the my pump for my basketball. Where's this? Where's that? Mom, dad, right? So can they put back the their equipment and, and know where to go? Do they have specific locations for the things that they have? Whether it's sports equipment is in a specific tub in the garage or different places for things in their room. Can they keep track of assignments? So you talked about this a little bit, Kristen. This, I think, comes into play mm-hmm. even more so. It's, it, I can't say how many times I've talked with parents where they say, okay, we did the homework, but then the actual last step of the execution of actually getting to school and turning it in, 
you know, he, it, we don't know where it, where it goes. It just right. disappears, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a locker and you probably remember. I remember certainly just because I, I was very like, <laughs> it's come as no surprise to you, but I was like very organized <laughs> with locker and backpack. <laughs> and then you see lockers where they're, they close the door and there's Oh my gosh, I know. Sticking out of the corners and it's just an avalanche and avalanche. And (laughs) and yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's a a whole whole bunch of different types of systems out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So can they keep track of those assignments? Can they keep their study area tidy? You know, do they have a workstation? We talk a lot about workstations, especially this year because of COVID, people needing workstations at home. So does your child have a nice area where it's tidy, where they know where things are. And last but not least, are they uh, able to to locate their belongings? Are they not able to <laughs> right. like, lose them? <laughs> so, so important. So, so important. Yes. Um, because that does impact us as the parents, right? Because we're we're oftentimes being uh, summonsed to be the item locators as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So yeah, exactly. Um, so let's get into some of the tips, uh, for our systems here for middle school, having color coded folders and bins for schoolwork. So I just spoke with a family earlier today and we were talking about this very topic. Um, so sit down and think about it with them, have colors for things like your enrichment work is done. Okay. This, this needs to be uploaded into your online management tool, or maybe you just need to keep it for the week and maybe there's some sort of turn-in system, right? So maybe one color is for enrichment work that's completed. Another color or another folder. And I almost think, um, you know, in offices, you have those little uh, kind of hard plastic stackers. You can get Mm -hmm. one of those little stackers. And one shelf is for things like to be completed, right? So for my younger child, Rosie, we get something on Monday. It comes home and it's the packet to do for the whole week. And uh, my kids are just lovers of art projects and things. And we just always have papers and all sorts of things. So I have to make sure that we don't lose that really important packet. So it goes in a specific place, right? And then you have yeah. to separate it um, and put the, the completed ones in another space. And for us, we we happen to just stick it back in her folder in the backpack. You're supposed to just turn it in on Friday, but this is what I did with Lily too. I just stuck it in there. As soon as we were done, just stuck it back in the backpack. So it was separated out from everything else. And at least we knew it was already in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We didn't have to, you know, forget on Friday. Um, so, so have a place for, for certain things. So the completed, the, um, to be completed reports, nightly assignments, graded work that's sent home. That's another one too, having a different section for that. So uh, don't underestimate the power of color coding. It's just with your brain, the way it works, it just helps you to kind of segment things out. Um, have everything all in one spot so it's easily found. You mentioned this too, oh, Kristen. Yeah. So yes. important. Yeah, have the same. I mean, if you're coming home and I, I, I see this sometimes with my kids too. They'll come home. Sometimes they'll make it further in the house and they'll just drop their backpack somewhere. Sometimes it's <laughs> It's where they're supposed to put it. Sometimes someone gets distracted with Tristan the hamster and then the papers just get set down next to the hamster cage. And then, so we want to try to avoid that, right? Because that's how things get easily misplaced. Mm-hmm. Right. So have a single spot for everything so you can find it. Have your visual reminders, um, like a sign on the door when you're coming in uh, home from school mm-hmm. or those checklists again, but you have to show them how to do it to do things like chores, right? So did you do all your chores for the week? Did you remember to do these things in order to get maybe you're doing allowance? So if you have a checklist or you have something that's objective that they can look at and reference will be helpful. Um, Things like unpacking your backpack, right? So what needs to be unpacked there, putting away your lunch, um, just different steps. This is good for promoting independence too, right? So having these visuals. <laughs> we have something so funny to share on that. I just thought of it. So uh, of course my kid is so small, so he doesn't unpack his own backpack yet. Although I think he start he should start because of this. So his school, they'll send home food that he didn't finish eating. I didn't know that. I would, I just assumed that they didn't. Well, they mm. put some, I, I cut up, he loves bell peppers. So I cut up bell 
bell peppers and I had them in a bag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it is about them. They're like super healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So I had some bell peppers in there and I guess in this, and he's been going to school there for a couple months. So no food ever came home. So I just thought, okay, no food's coming home. Well, in, in a different part of his backpack, actually where oh, no. I his masks, there was a baggie of really old bell peppers. And they were, <laughs> oh my, I was like, oh, these are so mushy. <laughs> like it was so oh. bad. And of course, like the whole front of the backpack smelled like peppers. So I, I had to clean it. But I was thinking like, it's really important for middle schoolers to unpack their, their lunch box mm-hmm. out of there. You know, you can't leave that in there maybe over a couple of days. Um, so just yes. think of that. <laughs> that's such a good point though, too. Yeah. Make that part of the routine, right? So unpacking, right. you don't know what sort of things are lurking at the bottom of mm-hmm. backpacks. Right. And- exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one other one, one other tip here, this came from you actually, Kristen, mm-hmm. is having a backpack luggage tag. So have yes. items on there, maybe whether they um, you could get creative and they can, you know, check it off each day or or just have it on there. So it's a reminder of what goes to school. So they quickly look on the luggage tag. It could be one of those things mm-hmm. that you slide in and it has their name on it. It can be pretty um, covert, right? So no one else sees it. But what goes to school is quick reminders, bullet points, and then what comes home from school. So, so important. I'm sure there are a lot of uh, parents that are nodding right now. Oh yes. He came home (laughs) without such and such. I mean, that's hard. I remember having to drive my parents, having to drive me back to school sometimes because I forgot something and they were not happy. Um, I don't know about you, but maybe this is just me, but I used to always have bad dreams about these sort of things. (laughs) Sometimes I still do. I, that does not at all surprise me about you. <laughs> like your nightmares are like, I didn't show up on time for my presentation. Oh, oh no. But I actually have those yeah. too. I mean, I have like, I'm like my internet went out or something like right before I was starting, you know, going to start something, but yeah, um, no, it's, it's yeah. true. I'm sure kids have those too. So yeah. the backpack luggage tags, so that's on understood.org and they actually have samples on there. So you can just print them out. They already have them made, which is really oh. nice. So you can oh, cool. yeah, visit that site and you can find those. Yeah. That's another really amazing site that we mm-hmm. love. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Luggage tags. I love it. So a couple things here before we segue back to you, um, tips for supervising and maintaining. So again, step two in that process. You've got some great tips, but you do need to supervise, model, show how to implement and and work on maintenance of those things so they don't just fall off and disappear. Mm-hmm. So a couple things you could do putting together, here's one idea for middle school, put together a point system for things to uh, make it back to and from school, right? So you get two points for bringing your backpack <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that, that's oh, what I'm going hey, to I'm sure that that has happened. It's like, oh my goodness, you forgot your whole backpack today. Guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. <laughs> um, two points for bringing your math book, two points for bringing your organizer or your agenda book. I know a lot of middle schools do that. Mm-hmm. So having some sort of system, do it with your kids too. I think that's important. You need to get their buy-in. We'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. But yeah, have them involved in some sort of system where there's maybe some positive reinforcement. There's some sort of um, kind of contingency with motivation rolled in there so that there's a little bit more of an incentive to remember. And these things are, as you know from previous podcasts, these things are meant to be temporary and then faded out over time. But we might need to get a little, put a little extra uh, programming in place for a while to get your kids to remember those things if there's a tide reinforcer. Um, last couple things, use age-appropriate expectations, right? So explain what you are expecting for them to to adhere to. Um, th- that's important, right? So we know we work with some families that have children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So we do need to look at the whole picture, right? We need to look at their ability levels. We need to look at how they are acting at home and what you've seen them be able to do and their behavior um, in other organizational uh, settings, right? So if you know that they're capable of doing these things, push them a little bit. Tell them what you expect, uh, but be reasonable. Obviously, we're not going to be expecting a three-year-old to be able to remember all of these things uh, automatically to and from school. Mm-hmm, right. um, and then one big one, model <laughs> organized behavior. So this is something that we hear a lot from families is, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not organized either. So right. it, it is important, right? So if you're 
if you don't have a lot of organizational systems that you're using at home and you have kind of scattered, things are, you know, scattered uh, or just kind of everywhere, um, you know, it might be a little bit harder for your child to pick up good healthy habits. So it is important if you're trying to instill some of these good habits for your child, um, try as best you can to implement them for yourself as well and model that appropriate behavior, which kind of goes for for really everything that we teach, right? So yeah, and I was just thinking that it really even goes back to the first, our very first episode where we talk about consistency. So being mm-hmm. consistent with your expectations. So if you're organized with your your expectations for your child, then they know, oh, this is always required. So if you're if you're wanting to require your child to let's say unpack their backpack, well, let's have them do it every day or at least every other day. Uh, so mm-hmm. they know, oh, mom's not going to do this for me. You know, I have to unpack my backpack or I have to clean this up in my room or, or, or those things. So I think just being consistent with that can be really helpful too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So let's move on to our teenagers <laughs> our, yes. our teens and our young adults. So this is where we start to move into things like preparing for adulthood. So learning how to plan and prioritize. And a lot of what we see with our teens is going to be what we probably do as adults. So when we move into the teenage, teenage, (laughs) teenage years, we have to learn how to be more responsible. So really what you could do first is assess again, how organized is your teen? Can they keep track of their notebooks, their backpack? Do they keep those things organized? That's always really important. Are they putting things away when they're finished with them? And it's really similar to the things we're seeing in middle school as well that we just talked about. Are they keeping the areas clean? Um, when we get, uh, when our kids get a little bit older, they, they have more responsibility. So not only can they keep track of those important belongings, but do they keep track of their schedule? Yeah. So that's where things get a little more tricky for our teenagers. We don't always have mom and dad or your caregiver to say, hey, you know, you've got to get to soccer practice. Can they keep mm-hmm. track of that? So those important events, those practices, meetings with the teachers, deadlines for maybe applying for college, those really yeah. big things that teens have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for our tips for our systems, really for our teenagers, it's going to be much of everything that we've just talked about. So all of those strategies that we mentioned before, yes, those are going to be applicable to teens. But as I mentioned, for teenagers, we have an added layer of challenge here. Can they manage their schedule? So I think that's or their calendar. So really thinking of some tips or strategies for that for your teenager. So they could use their phone, they could use their apps, but is there some way that they can write down, I have practice on this day. This is when I have games. Here's when I have a report due or a test. Um, Here's a big event. So Angie, you and I were talking about this, but a lot of times, and maybe we do this as adults too, we, we want to rely on our brain. We're like, no, no, I'll remember all of that. Mm-hmm. I'll, it's all up there somewhere. But distractions happen. And especially for a teenager, there's a, a lot of moving parts, social interactions. Yeah. A lot of distractions. Uh, right. Tons of distractions for a teenager. So he or she just simply cannot rely on their brain. They might think they can, <laughs> but we need to give them some systems in, so that they can have something to fall back on if, in fact, they do get distracted. It's actually, it brings up a good point too. Like we need to help instill these good practices now because mm-hmm. it's much harder when you're an adult and you're working, let's say, to start developing organizational systems, right? It's it, These sort of things are much more effective and successful when you can start younger. Yes, absolutely. And I will say I have had so many calls over the last month or so with families who, because of COVID, I guess maybe a blessing in disguise here, kids have had to learn how to manage a Google calendar or some other form of of calendar on their computer or on their apps. And they've Mm -hmm. had to learn how to manage this. Um, all on their own. And, and a lot of times, again, I'm talking with families and saying, well, it's given to them, but we we have to help them through that. We have to help them manage it. Can we cross-check the assignments in their portal, whatever that portal might be for their homework? Did they put it into their calendar? Um, things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I guess another little tip within that tip, um, for that family in particular, I said, let's do this. Let's Let's get, cause he wanted to be super independent. 16, he was like, I want to do this on my own. So mm-hmm. they said, we said, okay, let's do this. How about you 
for the tomorrow and the next day, you transfer over your work that you need to do from your school portal into your calendar. And let's check for accuracy. Let's see if you get eight out of 10, this is your reward. If you get nine out of 10, this is your reward. Let's see how many you can accurately, how many assignments you can transfer over onto your calendar yourself. And they were really excited about that. I haven't followed back up with them yet, but I'm imagining that their their teen will probably be excited about that too because he's then getting the independence that he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like a supported way to teach that skill. You're motivated. You're going through this practice so that you can mm-hmm. start doing it on your own. Right. Exactly. And then last but not least, of course, what we've talked about with with all ages really is continuing with those visual reminders. I think a lot of people might think like, oh, you know, he's kind of outgrown that or she's outgrown that. But I use visual reminders all the time. In fact, I'm looking at a to-do list (laughs) right Mm -hmm. now. Um, And I know you do too, Angie. So oh yeah, my dry erase board. Yeah. (laughs) Always. Yeah. You have a giant dry erase board. That's right. Um, (laughs) All our projects. (laughs) Every time I'm on a, a work call with Angie, I'll just see like she'll be like looking up to the right and I'm like yep she's looking at her dry erase board right now I can see it I can't forget I don't want to forget anything there's exactly. too many things to do right right and I think we have to instill that into our teens like you don't want to forget these things they are important so make sure that you have a way that you can still give yourself these visual reminders for your routine or some sort of structure to make sure that you're getting all of these things done mm-hmm Yep. And then moving into some tips for supervising. Here's where things get tricky. (laughs) I'm sure everybody with teens sitting there thinking, yeah, this is where it gets tricky. I have had, and you probably have too, Angie, but I have had so many calls over the last month, two months that have said, look, my teen still needs support, but they don't want it. They don't want any support from me. So when I go in and I try, it's just a struggle. It's a fight. So I think really starting here is let's talk with your teen about it. Let's get their buy-in. Let's say, all right, you don't want me to be giving you these reminders all the time. Maybe you don't want me to say, did you get your keys? Did you get your cell phone? Do you have your backpack? And, and you know, your teen might have, may have expressed to you, I, I don't want you to say that to me anymore. You could say something like, okay, how about I remind you every other day then? Let's give you some some ability to do it on your own. Show me that you can do it. And I can, I can stop with those reminders, but if I have to keep driving your backpack to school, (laughs) then I'm going to have to keep giving you reminders. So we think putting it on them a little bit for teens can be really helpful. Yeah. I actually like that strategy of not doing it all the time too, because it's kind of a natural consequence, right? Like you have to give them opportunities to, to do it on their own. If they forget their backpack, you know, well, they might be without a book for first period, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're nice enough to drive it over, you know, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then along with that, similar to the last one is really just coming up with that collaborative approach. So I think that uh, it kind of goes with that first one there, but I've had so many families say to me, and in fact, it's in the Smart But Scattered Teens book that that teens in general are like, stop nagging me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's kind of the term that they like to use and they feel nagged by parents, even though as parents we're saying, no, actually we're just supporting you. But I think mm-hmm. coming up with a way that they feel like, okay, this is how I can be successful with, with organizing, or this is how my routine is going to work. And then you as the parent can say, what did you come up with? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. So really important. Um, and then another one, you, you can't pressure them. I think that this one comes up a lot too during my consultations, but you, a, a teen's going to, you know, their, their characteristics and how they are, that's, that, you know, it's kind of, built in. They let's say you have a child who's particularly messy, but they get in all of their assignments. Their room just might be kind of messy, but they know where everything is. Then it's okay. Let's let that be. Um, This is also in the, in the smart, but scattered book, but you can't, you, you have to respect their privacy as teens. And I think if you can do that and you can say, Hey, look, I respect your privacy. As long as you're taking care of the space, you're not like drawing on the walls or anything, then I'm going to let you have that freedom. And as long as you are still getting your homework turned in or you're getting your assignments done, as long as there's not food all over the floor, we'll let it go. We'll let you, we'll let you be more in control here because ultimately that's what teens want. They want to feel like they are independent and they are in control. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like what you're saying is to kind of demonstrate that they have the organizational systems enough so that they can meet those end goals. If they're getting good grades and things are moving slowly, then you can kind of fade yes. out. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then last but not least, of course, and we talked about it, you mentioned it earlier, but again, and maybe most importantly for our teens, modeling appropriate organizational skills. So if you're if you make a to-do list, start pointing that out to your child. If you're making a grocery list, show them how that works. Or um, I mean, I a, a very old example would be if you're balancing your checkbook, but <laughs> that's definitely not something we're doing anymore. Um, <laughs> Are you looking at an old textbook, Kristen? <laughs> I actually still balance my checkbook. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do remember watching my mom do that. They yes, were like, me too. My yeah, mom showed me all the time how to balance it. <laughs> Very diligent about that. Yeah. yeah. But but I guess, you know, those things that we might do now as parents, not, not balancing a checkbook, but other things we might do to keep ourselves organized. Point those things out to your team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like a lot of these too. And I think specifically for the older kids, we, we read a lot and you hear a lot about parenting these days is very much, um, we're very involved and it's, it's good to be involved, but I I know that, um, one of the criticisms of our generation of parents is that we're so involved and we are afraid to let our kids fail. Right. And it's actually good to give kids opportunities to try things out and maybe they will fail and, um, maybe there's a safety net, so they're not getting severely hurt. Right. I'm not advocating letting your kids, you know, get hurt or fail, um, you know, in a devastating way, but it sounds like what you're saying is help support them, put practices in place, and then you want to be able to monitor and start fading out. And sometimes natural consequences will occur, which is actually part of the learning process, but Mm -hmm. um, you're doing these things to help them get more independent so you can fade out. So you're not constantly nagging and constantly, you know, helicoptering, if that's Mm -hmm. a word, around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you said it best earlier too. Like you, you're pointing out these skills now that they need. We're learning them as teenagers, but it, it's a rude awakening if you have to learn this at a job. <laughs> you know, right. you have to learn all of a sudden. Oh, oh, this is how. Wow, what is? I'm getting 17 emails at once. What do I do? How do I prioritize those? So mm-hmm. learning these things while you're younger is going to be really beneficial when they are older. So we can start teaching that now. Definitely. All right. So, so let's uh, move on to our, so that's closing, uh, closing that door for our content for today. And let's move on to our real talk with real moms. So I actually had a great idea. This came to me a few weekends ago um, because I, we were visiting my, my dad and my, um, my niece, it was my niece's birthday party. So we were visiting them and I had actually never been to their house So we showed up and they have two kids and one is a baby. So they have a four-year-old and a baby. And I walked in and I was like, how is your house so clean? How? You know, (laughs) that was my first thought. Not like, well, this house is nice. I was like, how is your house so clean? You have a, you have a newborn basically. And you have a, a toddler. Like, how is this possible? And so, and I'm not really talking about surface area clean because I would consider my house to be clean, but the clutter, like there is stuff everywhere. And so then I, of course, after that trip, I came home and I'm like looking at my kitchen and I'm like, Oh, I was like, okay, there's a pile of mail. And then there's a cat comb on top of the mail. Like what is that doing there? It doesn't belong there. So I'm just like looking around and I, I actually, I didn't tell her, I didn't ask her in person, but I texted her later and it's like, can you tell me how you keep your house so clean? <laughs> uh, but I, that made me think like, wow, this is a really good topic to bring up today because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are thinking like, yes, like my house is clean on the surface. Like I wipe it down, but the clutter, there's just piles of things. And um, so I, I thought of a couple and I, these have always been in my head. I obviously don't implement them, but there are a couple of strategies that I've heard that are really, I thought are really good. And I, I'm going to start implementing both of these, but um one in particular is called the one touch rule. And I think this is so cool. So for instance, if you pick up something in your house, you're only touching it one time, which means the time that it's in your hand, it is not leaving your hand until it's in its appropriate spot. So that cat comb, if I brush my cat, instead of setting it down on the counter, I'm going to finish with the cat comb and then I'm going to put it where it's supposed to go. Ah, so, so it yeah. doesn't have like multiple, so you're not sitting it down and then you have an, then you have to go through yeah. another opportunity to move it again. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's like a time saver. It sounds like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that actually, now that I think about it, that's something we could start teaching our kids, <laughs> you know? Oh, mm-hmm. you're finished playing with that toy. Where's it go? 
Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which I thought was pretty neat, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this one, but basically it's like a monthly, you pick one month, any month, and you, you just call it like a clean out system. So every mm-hmm. day of that month, you are getting rid of something. You're either throwing it away if it's trash or you're donating it, but you're picking one thing that day that you're going to say, yep, yeah, we don't play with this like that. Maybe that airplane <laughs> I can get rid of, um, you know, just do it, like Kristen. That. Right. (laughs) Things like that you could, you could get rid of, but, um, but yeah, those were the two. And I I figured you can probably relate to this a bit, but I thought it was a pretty interesting topic for today. Yeah, no, those are good. Those are kind of good ways to kind of close out our list of tips. I, Mm -hmm. I do something similar and it's funny that you mentioned the, the dirty versus clutter. That's yeah. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I, and I had to, recalibrate my expectations a little bit when I became a mom because, you know, prior to when I was uh, living on my own, I could just get the cleanest, most pristine, you know, place ever. And then, yeah, you have to, you have to have different expectations. It's not going to be spotless all the time, but my husband always jokes because the clutter does not bother him at all. So I'm kind of the the odd (laughs) person out, but he says, I'm not dirty. I'm just I just don't mind the clutter, you know? So right. <laughs> we'll differentiate. Like it's, yes, that is true. Like there's a difference between dirty and cluttered, but mm-hmm. um, we do something similar. It does help when I remind kids that we're going to, my kids that we are going to have this sort of kind of monthly clean out system. We, we don't do it at that frequency, but I'm call me old school, but I'm definitely a fan of like the spring cleaning and the, right. the fall yeah. cleaning, like maybe quarterly I'd say, but we'll, We'll kind of segment things out. Like, are we going to keep this? Are we going to donate it? Or we have some younger cousins. And so we we give a lot of our c- clothes to and old toys and stuff to the, to the mm-hmm. younger cousins. Um, so we'll segment it out. Um, and the thing that they don't like is that I, when I start, when I uncover something, I'm just going to go all in and I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to go through every room. And they have <laughs> so many bins. Well, Lily's a... She she loves inventing things. So there's just tape and construction paper <laughs> oh. and old like springs and just like random stuff everywhere. And like then there's the random Barbie shoe with five magnet tiles and a, <laughs> a little thing of Play-Doh and then some pens and marketer, markers just in random tubs everywhere. Yeah. And, oh, and it happens so fast. Yeah. It, I don't know how, fa- I mean, it happens so fast that it gets disorganized. So I remind them, Hey, we're going to have to do this clean out. You know, you might as well just put it back. And to your point about the one touch rule, that makes a lot of sense because you mm-hmm. wouldn't really have to do these periodic clean outs, but they, I make them do it with me and they don't like it, but that's a natural consequence, right? Like right. You, if you're going to be disorganized and you're going to just set things down wherever things get mixed up and game pieces, you know, get mixed with other game pieces. Well, we're going to have to sit down and, the, you know, the more disorganized you are, the longer it is, you're going to have to do these cleanouts with me. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we, we definitely do that. It, and certainly my house is by no means as organized as I wanted it, want it to be, but you know, <laughs> I got to be realistic too. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think you've nailed it when with having kids. Um, so I think also that sometimes with our younger kids, so like mine are a little bit younger, of course, so they really don't have this, the skills or yet or the strategy, especially a two year old, but like, Oh, this toy's great. You know, dump it out everywhere. And then it's like, ah, you're cleaning it up and they're just kind of throwing everything all together. So I, I just remember it was a couple months ago, I was going through our playroom and I pulled out all these bins and that's why I was saying, Oh, I can relate to that. So I pulled out all these bins and like the toys were, and I have my bins like labeled there cars go in here, balls go in here, Legos go here. Um, and everything's just all mixed up. And so I'm yeah. sitting there organizing it and I'm like, everything has a home. You guys, <laughs> like, there is a home for this piece. You see this little guy, he goes there. <laughs> so, you know, I think at any age you can bring them in to help you out with that. We have, mm-hmm. we've tried to migrate everything to our basement. We finished our basement in August and we were trying, well, last August, actually. So we've been trying to migrate everything there. So, but there's still stuff that's upstairs, like in the living room. Then like, okay, this goes down. But it's fun because my four-year-old, he was really excited when I was like, okay, see this pile? 
all of these toys I need you to bring down into the basement. And he was like so excited. So I think oh. it's great to like bring, well, your kids at that age, they're like, I don't want to do this, but <laughs> still at like two, three and four, we can still, you know, give them, uh, they can be a little bit excited about it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys in your that the east it's definitely like more of an east coast thing or, or well, maybe a, I don't know. Okay. It is. I, I have a basement. It is. I don't know any Californians that have a basement. I've never been in a basement. I don't even know oh what they look like. Gosh, no way. <laughs> so, okay, so that is one thing. So, um I'm 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 actually from Pennsylvania, but I grew up mostly in Florida and there are no basements in Florida. So, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's just more of east coast. Um, there are no basements in Florida either. And I, now that we've lived here, we've had a basement. It's kind of like, go play kids in the playroom. It's so great that I have, I want to move back to Florida at some point. And I'm like, can I build a basement there? Like, is that a thing? But it's not a thing. You can't, you cannot have a basement. Maybe something it's like the ground. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say the water table is too high or something. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Like there's, there was a reason. And obviously over by you that there's a reason there's no basements, but I yeah. wish that there were. So, <laughs> gotta find other solutions for play spaces, I guess. Yes, yeah. everything yeah, has a home. Exactly, everything has a home. In Florida, there's like bonus rooms. That's what we had in all the houses. There's like an extra mm-hmm. room upstairs. That's like this is your bonus space, and it had like kind of a vaulted ceiling. And that's what I. That's what we're in most of the houses there. So, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Learn something new every day. <laughs> no, no. If you ever visit Florida, you'll have to go see all the vaulted ceilings. <laughs> All right. I think that uh, I think that does it for us today, huh? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on our ninth episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Join us next month for another hot topic. Let's pay attention. Until then, I know it's going to be a good one. Until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com, where you can find past podcast episodes under the Resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, be well.